This is the Heartland Daily Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Heartland Daily Podcast. This is Anne Marie Schieber from Healthcare News. There's a new term in medicine that goes by the acronym AFAB. Want to guess what it stands for? I'm going to punt this one to my guest today. Dr. Singleton, would you enlighten us? Oh, my goodness. Well, number one, thanks for having me, Anne-Marie. That I, you know, medicine is full of acronyms. This one, of course, was a new one on me when it first came out. Well, let me tell you, there's variations on the theme, but AFAB assigned female at birth. And there's an AMAB, assigned male at birth. Since (laughs) when? (laughs) Got it. Well, for our listeners, this is a term um, that is has been used in a healthcare article published by the Cleveland Clinic, and it was in an article that we discovered. Uh, actually, it was an interesting article about a new blood test for cancer screening. I'm just going to read you a brief excerpt from this article. Um, mammographies, uh, talking about mammographies, tests for breast cancer typically in people assigned female at birth, AFB. Now, I get it. Men can get breast cancer too, but then they say this for the HPV test and the pap test, and then there's one for the PSA test for men. Um, This is not a joke. It's a serious matter, and that's why I have invited Dr. Marilyn Singleton to the podcast to talk about it. Dr. Singleton has been a guest of ours before, and we often quote her in healthcare news. She's a former president of the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons, a board-certified anesthesiologist and attorney based in California, and we often turn to her to make sense of the wokeism that is sweeping through healthcare. Welcome. Well, what an introduction. And this is sad because... We all want people to get good health care, black people, Hispanic people, Asian people, whoever you see. And as good doctors from the get-go, we are taught to treat all patients the same, whether, and and I used to work at a whoop-de-doo hospital that had movie stars and stuff. And that we used to laugh when someone would say, oh, they're VIP, be really careful. And it's like, no, I'm really careful with everybody. So that's our charge in medicine. So this whole health equity thing, it's gone beyond just teaching students and reminding doctors that you should treat everybody with the greatest care that you know how to use. And uh, but now it's gone over the edge and jumped into to me it's, it's sort of fringe newspeak language where um, they've fallen into the trap of deciding that women aren't women and <laughs> men aren't men. I mean, th- this is crazy. I-, I reached out to the Cleveland Clinic to see if this is how they are now going to be referring to males and females. I didn't hear back. 
Can you give us some insight about what physicians might be thinking? Now, I don't know who decided to put this term in this article. It was assigned to a physician or was written by a physician, but it could have been an editor who might have changed it. In any case, uh, could you give us a sense of how on board physicians or anybody who has studied biology is with this? Well, no one I know thinks it's a normal way to talk about males and females, especially when you're talking about medicine and having someone come in and not even tell you that they're identifying as something other than what their chromosomes say they are, and you might not treat them properly. No one that I know thinks that it's appropriate, but I'll tell you something. You you said you don't know who put that language in or if a doctor wrote it or whatever. One of the things we're finding, the people who were doing these things aren't physicians. They're social workers or, you know, some other thing that's not a medical doctor. And they're being paid $250,000 a year to pull together all this equity and diversity stuff. And they're not even Yeah, doctors. yeah. I, I mean, this is not the only example of woke language being used in healthcare. I mean, you brought to our attention legislation in California that is um, used the term pregnant persons. Now, is there a logical explanation why male and female are now being described in this way when it comes to talking about childbirth? Uh, is there a belief that males may someday be altered to give birth? Or is this to describe females who want to be recognized as male and are pregnant? Well, I just think medically, you've got to look at the true biology. And yes, there are some chromosomal uh, differences. But generally speaking, an XX is a female with the characteristics of a female with the hormonal pituitary gland releases that make females different from males, the adrenal gland releases that make females different from males. And an XY is a male. There are some chromosomal differences where there's a double XY and an XO. All these things are rare, but when you're looking at someone from a medical aspect, these things matter. Look at the Framingham Heart Study that looked at nurses and, and when they were mostly females and where they came up with women having less heart disease than men. And this is quite bothersome when people take on using these hormones to make the exterior characteristics different. And this is something a lot of folks who have gone through these uh, so-called transitions, the chemical transitions, is that there is an increase in heart disease, diabetes, other problems that come up. It's like that old commercial, don't mess with mother nature, that um, there's a reason the hormones are the way they are and trying to fool around with them is people are realizing cause problems. And it's bothersome because you can't pretend things aren't what they are. And I'm not saying if somebody wants to go through this transgender thing, as long as they're a grown-up adult, that's their business. But you can't hoodwink doctors into, into buying into this. 
it's it's almost sort of a medical delusion. We've got to treat what the some say the person is. I mean, do you think the people who wrote this bill in California really might have been thinking about the future and thought, well, maybe someday we will have the technology to allow men to give birth. <laughs> we just probably need to write the bill to reflect that. <laughs> I no. I I don't think they were thinking. They were trying to be woke. They were trying to show that they're all inclusive and that they're not homophobic or transphobic or whatever. This has nothing to do with disliking certain groups of people. When we're looking at medicine, what it has to do with is trying to deliver the best medical care you can. I mean, uh, do you think the general public could be harmed by this language? You know, as a female, I don't accidentally want to be given a PSA test. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's an exaggeration, but you know what I mean. I mean, this could, pro- could do you think this could cause problems for patients down the pike? Well, it, it makes you wonder, I think, what the problem might be is doctors tiptoeing so much and not asking questions like, are you really a man or are you not? If they kind of question how the person looks or whatever, depending on how they come in, because some people might not tell you the truth. Patients don't tell the whole story all the time. I mean, gee whiz, you know, for simple stuff, patients won't admit they smoke, even though they walk in smelling like a cigarette and you go, you don't smoke. I can smell it on you. And they go, Oh, well, I was kind of embarrassed to say, because you told me not to smoke, you know? So, Patients don't tell the truth, and if a person is kind of delusional about their sex identity and really not comfortable in the decision they made or whatever, and they don't fess up and tell the doctor the truth, they could miss a serious diagnosis. It's like there was a case where a transgender person was pregnant, but they didn't tell anybody in the ER that they were transgender. So it was missed and they were having an ectopic pregnancy or something. It's like, you fess up, tell the truth, because the pretense is is kind of a social way to define yourself, not truly, you know, not a medical way. And unfortunately, I, I... I won't do it, but if somebody asks me what my pronouns are, I just give them a dirty look and, you know, call me Marilyn, (laughs) thank you very much, and leave it at that. (laughs) Well, what do you think when Supreme Court Justice Kentonji Jackson said at her confirmation hearing that she couldn't say what a woman was because she was not a biologist. Do you think that she said that because she was taken off guard or was there more to her answer? It's a a great answer because she's not a biologist. So she didn't lie. She didn't have to give an answer. And it's true. She's not a biologist. So that was her way of ending the discussion. She knew what the question was. And that was a great way, very good lawyer way to avoid it. And nobody can say she lied. She didn't step on anybody's toes. And she knows what a woman is. 
But well, uh, she saved herself from the left attacking her. I mean, you could see where that mm-hmm. might go. How how concerned are you about this doctoring the language to promote left-leaning ideology? Do you think once it is in printed medical literature and legislative bills that there will be any turning back? I mean, do you think if they force it enough, they will actually get us, or they think they, they could get us to believe that male and female are figments of our imagination? Uh, you won't, I won't, and many other people won't, but who we have to look at are the younger folk and the students coming through school. You when you were taught these things and don't know any different, that's going to be incorporated into their lexicon. That's how they will be speaking. That's how they will talk. And if somebody looks at them sideways, if they don't use that terminology, this person is thinking, I just paid $100,000 a year in tuition. I don't want to get flunked out of school because I say a man is a man and a woman is a woman. So you smile. You say the word and ask the patient what their pronouns are when they come in the door and go home and scream at your wife or husband and say, guess what I had to do today? Well, uh, uh, language is a very powerful thing, and it could do a head trip on people. I mean, the author Graham Greene talked about this years ago and why we need to be careful with our words because, you know, we're seeing now what he warned against. Uh, You know, I want to shift gears a bit before we leave, before we wrap this up, and ask you about Anthony Fauci, who reported this week he tested positive for COVID. Now, the irony here, and and we don't want to gloat over anyone's illness because COVID can be serious, but here is a guy, the champion of COVID vaccines, and we have to assume he's all up to speed on the shots. Uh, defended masks left and right, maybe wear two or three masks at a time. What do you think about the idea that this man could get COVID? Well, I think it's interesting. It just shows what people have been saying for quite a while, that COVID is endemic. It It's another coronavirus, like one of the four coronaviruses that causes a cold, And I'm not saying COVID-19 is the same as a cold, but it's the same family of viruses. They eventually become so-called endemic, meaning they're just around and, you know, they're floating around in the air and in the room. And eventually everybody, just like everybody, eventually catches a cold. Everybody will get COVID. And some people will get it worse than others. Some people will get it and never know they had it. Yeah, yeah. And he, he, he he proves it. I mean, here he is, I'm sure, highly guarded in his health habits, and he wore masks, although we saw pictures of him not wearing a mask at a baseball game, and got his multiple vaccines, and he still got it. So, and like I say, you don't, like you said, don't want to gloat. He's 81 years old. We don't want the guy to get sick or die or anything like that. That's, you don't wish that on anyone, but it certainly proves that COVID is just out there and we have to take care of our health, you know, have your strong immune system, take your vitamins, get your sunshine, do your exercise and eat right because every, it's out there and anyone could get it. 
vaccinated or not. <laughs> yeah, well, well, that's a good point to wrap it up. Dr. Singleton, it is always a pleasure to chat with you. And I'm glad to know that my head is on straight. <laughs> well, at least about this. <laughs> well, you'll have to come back. Uh, Dr. Marilyn Singleton, by the way, has a terrific website where you can read the multitude of articles she writes on healthcare in the world today. It's at MarilynSingletonMDJD.com. I will include that in the podcast notes. I love how you describe yourself on your landing page. American, why don't you just take it? Oh, American Black doctor uncensored. <laughs> Definitely. You tell it straight all the time. And that's why we love when you come back to the podcast. Thank you again for, for joining us. And thank you listeners for tuning in. Feel free to reach out to us at the Heartland Institute. And if you enjoyed this discussion, please share our link and become a regular subscriber if you are not already. Have a terrific week, everyone. This is Anne-Marie Schieber. <laughs>